So what part does the Holy Spirit have in our salvation? Today on Life Talks, we're continuing our look at pneumatology, which is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And last episode, we began looking at the personhood, the deity of the Holy Spirit, and also how he functioned in the Old Testament. Well, today we're going to look at, is the function of the Holy Spirit different under the New Covenant than in the Old Covenant? And if so, what does that look like and how can that be identified? My name is Dan. I'm here with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in suburban Charlotte, North Carolina. Ben, pneumatology is a complex but a wonderful, wonderful topic. It is, and it's really important for us to understand the work of the Holy Spirit because I think a lot of people get frustrated by their you know, they see or hear something about the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe they feel like, man, what about me? Now, at the end of the last episode, you brought up this topic that we just dabbed our toes into a little and bit. And then of off air, we went into off much air, deeper. I mean, I, it's so funny when when we stopped recording, we literally had half of an episode that, of just a great debate. And, and Josh over here is like, stop it. Stop, stop. You're Save ruined. it. Save it for the people. <laughs> so anyways, that's coming. I, I think we should do we'll that. Do a debate we'll, we'll do a debate episode. We'll do it. Stay tuned. <laughs> Subscribe. Um, Dan suddenly turns Pentecostal. <laughs> <laughs> How much, per, you know, you know what we do is when the, the, uh, those DNA tests you can take, you know, the 23andMe. Yeah. You know, how much per- Pentecostal percentage is Dan? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I think I'm like, I'm like 34% Pentecostal, I think. Yeah. And I would have said I'm like minus 34%. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I if, no, this if is, you I'm, I'm shocked to be in this position. I am too. I'm, I'm a room for debate. I'm a that. little, I'm a little nervous right now. Um, yeah. Cause <laughs> I think I'm always, I always feel like I'm the progressive one in, the, in this, in, the, in our, in our relationship relationship where I'm like, yeah, I believe in this and I believe in that. And you're just, Dan's just shaking his head like, how how could you? You brought me here. So things are moving. You're now the one in the middle. No, you don't move Dan. He just tolerates you. <laughs> Holy cow. This is, I'm being spiritually abused on the air. I'm going to need trauma no, counseling. Yeah, you know you know more than anyone. You're a you're Missouri show me boy. Indeed. <laughs> and, and to me, you're, and I love this about you. You believe what you believe, and it takes a lot for you to move. But I do. I have. Yeah, I actually shifting. disagree. I, I feel I've had conversations with Dan talking about like some of the major beliefs that he has actually changed his mind yes, on. He, he has. Yeah. I'm just saying. But in order to get there, I've got to argue hard. Yes, that's what I'm talking. That's <clears throat> what I'm talking about. Yeah, I've got to beat the thing to death, yes. and then what survive. And, and that's my academic background too. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's how you. That's how, that's how you know whether research is valid. Yeah. You 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 develop your research and you put it out in the middle of a room, and then you let all the scholars just beat it to death. Mm-hmm. If anything survives, then it's considered valid. Yeah. And so that that's kind of how I approach theology. So as the, well. there's, there's beaten there's these beaten children theological <laughs> like children <a> gauntlet. <laughs> and they're buddy <laughs> Let's not make them children and now. That and really they're taking their Bibles the and they're hitting people with them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. New Testament, Holy Spirit. So let's talk about the work of the Spirit um, in the process of salvation. I think we need to talk about the process of the work of the Spirit um, before and in salvation and then after the sal- and then after salvation. Okay. There's an acronym that I want you to think about when, you, when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation okay and it's the acronym cribs cribs like the little things you put babies in do people put babies in cribs anymore i don't know i haven't had a kid in 
18 years. Yes, it's all about whether you'd put them up stomach side okay. up or or yeah. the other way around. That's yeah, like the big parent debate. Nobody I, nobody over 30 thinks <laughs> baby bassinets when you say cribs. <laughs> well, I mean, I just don't know. Do you, don't you remember from MTV that, you know, that oh, yeah, visit my crib? Cribs, yeah. But what I'm talking about is like, I, I'm so out of it when it comes to what, like what's hip and trendy for children. Like I know there's like the sleeping with you yeah, and there is a big phenomenon. There's a big phenomenon on that. And we are so far off topic right now. I, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I just, like, I said cribs. And I'm, I just had this thought: Do people even use cribs today? <laughs> no, I don't know. They, they, okay, yeah. Yeah, your baby's 19. So. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm like, cribs are these things, kids. That um, back in my day, we used shoeboxes. <laughs> First of all, you must have a small baby and or Our big, big shoes. <laughs> Uh, so cribs, so conviction, regeneration, indwelling, baptism, and sealing. Those are the five works of the spirit in the work of salvation. Okay. Say those again for, for slow people. Like Con- conviction. Okay. Regeneration. Mm-hmm. Indwelling. In- indwelling. Baptism and sealing. These are all works that the Spirit of Sealing, God- Sealing, S-E-A-L, yeah. not like, you not, know, what's not, above my know, head. S-E-A-L-I-N-G. Okay, got it. There we go. Sealing work of the Holy Spirit. So we, we know this from John chapter 16, that one of the things that, that Jesus said that the, when the Holy Spirit comes, one of the things he's going to do is convict the world according to sin and righteousness and judgment. Um, I, I don't believe it means that he didn't do that before, but I think when- he, there was definitely an, an increased work of his presence post the gospel, post the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And so we, this work of the Holy Spirit that he does, he unveils minds, he reveals hearts, he softens hearts. Um, we cannot know and understand, the, we can know and understand intellectually the the facts of the gospel, but in order for us to feel anything about the gospel— uh, because it talks about in Second Corinthians four the blinding of the minds that the that the enemy does the hardening of the hearts that says in Ephesians four that our flesh does it takes a work of the Holy Spirit to unveil and to soften and to say I am a sinner I I have I have wronged and sinned against God and therefore I need a Savior and so um, the Spirit is the is the working I mean he he plows the ground. So that the seeds of the soil, the seed goes into soft and good soil, as it talks about in the parable of Jesus. So um, that that's the first work that that the Holy Spirit does in in our salvation. The second one is regeneration, and again, this is all throughout the 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 New Testament. I mean, a plethora of verses when Jesus talks about being born again to Nicodemus, when um, uh, Romans chapter eight verse eleven that you know he gives life to our mortal bodies. Ephesians two verses. Four through five, Second Corinthians five. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. This idea that we we were given this once we accepted Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit made us new. There, there's a newness of life that He put into us, and therefore, I've got a new mind. I've got a new heart. That that the work of when justification took place, the Spirit came in and brought me a spiritual life, a newness of life um, that guarantees my salvation. Um, that makes me a new person. Um, so that's the second work of the Holy Spirit. Um, have I said anything controversial yet, Dan? No, do, nothing, do you agree? Do you agree? Which I disagree. Okay, good. Um, the third one is indwelling. So this is again we we talked about this a little bit last episode. The Holy Spirit would come upon people for a certain work and a time and and for a period, but when now and really indwelling and baptism go together. 
But the indwelling spirit now is this Holy Spirit comes upon us at the moment of salvation and now stays inside of us. Okay, he is now taken up personal and permanent residence inside of us. John chapter 14, verse 16, um, Jesus promises this. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, that Paul refers to us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit because he now resides in us. And so there's this theological reality of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He has now taken up residence inside of us. We Our bodies are now temples, and he will... N- he never leaves. Yeah. Okay. I think it's important that we note here that that would be the position of the majority of evangelicals and yes. Protestants. Yes. But it is not necessarily the position of our Pentecostal friends. Well, that, yeah, they don't <clears throat> believe in a permanent indwelling, which leads to the ceiling. So that so indwelling, they believe in a separate baptism as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so the last two baptism and sealing. That's what again. This is kind of where you. The, the 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 denomination starts branching off right here, mm-hmm. okay? So when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is a this is an issue, this is a topic that is very it, it, it gets debated a lot amongst theologians. And again, you have different camps within Christianity and the most prone um, the most unique one is the the charismatic and Pentecostals. really, for the bulk of most of Christianity, when people, when theologians would talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit happen in different times. For example, John the Baptist foretells of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where he says, I'm baptizing you with water, but someone who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Um, we see this again in, in the book of Acts, where Jesus predicts the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and then you have within the book of Acts, you have two separate types. So you have the Holy Spirit coming upon the 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 apostles uh, in Acts chapter two, day of Pentecost. Okay, now we would say they were regenerate before, but we know that the at the moment of Pentecost, there was something unique that the Spirit of God was doing. The fulfillment of the 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 prophecy that Jesus gave in the upper room to say this new covenant. Again, it's a fulfillment of the new covenant that is expressed in the Old Testament. The Spirit of God is going to come upon you. And you know Joel two and and Jeremiah thirty one and and all of these all of these great pronouncements of the Spirit of God coming upon people, and so <clears throat> you see in three different times the Spirit of God coming upon people post their regenerate work. One is in Acts chapter two, the other one is when Philip goes to Samaria and he preaches the gospel and people come to faith. Then the apostles come and lay their they lay their hands on these on these Samaritans and they receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, the last time you see this is in Ephesians chapter nineteen, where Paul is preaching in Ephesus and he meets some disciples of John the Baptist and he said, "Have you heard of, you know, the Holy Spirit?" And they're like, "We've never heard of the Holy Spirit." And and what Paul does is he fills in the the the, the missing parts of what they've heard, and he lays hands on them. They receive the Holy Spirit. Well, Pentecostals look at that and say, well, there you go. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes post-salvation is a is almost like this extra work of the Holy Spirit, second blessing, um, something that, you know, you can put your faith and trust in Christ and you're regenerated by the Holy Spirit, but he doesn't really take up permanent residence inside of you um, until this full baptism. Now, what I believe is the, the nail in the coffin for that argument is really 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You see Paul make this argument where 
he equates the baptism of the Holy Spirit to the entry into the family and the body of Christ. Okay. He says, when the baptism of the spirit happens, you are now fully in the body. So, so he's equating the work of the baptism of the Holy Spirit of entering into salvation. That's significant because so 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 you, your mind goes back and says, well, what happened in that in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came upon these people? Well, you have this transition period. Why was why was that happening? Well, first of all, it happened in Acts chapter two because Jesus predicted what happened. This is it was the order of events of the new covenant being established, right? So that's why it happened in Acts two. In Acts eight, I believe it happened not for the sake of the Samaritans, for the sake of the apostles. God was showing them, I'm doing a new thing for all nations. And so when the apostles saw it with their eyes, right, um, they could see, whoa, the same thing's happening then than for us. Two chapters later, when Peter preaches the gospel and the Holy Spirit comes upon the Gentiles, and the 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 other ch- the church is mad at, at Peter, like, why would you go to this Gentile's house? And he's like, listen, this is what happened. I preached the gospel. The Holy Spirit came. It was almost proof, like God would show them in stages, yes, this is a work. This is the new work I'm doing. So this transition period in the book of Acts, it, there are certain things in the book of Acts we would say um, are patterns for us to follow to this day. And then there are things that happen in Acts that it's like, this is a transition period from old covenant to new covenant that was introduced in Acts chapter two, but it's going to work its way out fully so that the church becomes a fully mature expression and things continue to to move forward. And and in Ephesians chapter 19, they didn't really know that much about the fullness of the gospel and they didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. And so again, there's this transition period between the introduction of Jesus and, and the ascension of Jesus that made the Holy Spirit come. So I, I don't believe there's an extra work of the Holy Spirit that we need. Okay. It doesn't mean that we need, don't we, we need more of the whole, we, we need more of the Holy Spirit to do the work in us. That's not what I'm saying. But we have the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit now at the moment of salvation. Yeah. And and for many of us, as we teach, we'll use an illustration that sounds like something like this, that at the moment of salvation, we receive all the Holy Spirit that 100%. we, that, that we, that we yes. need for anything. Yes. Um, but the rest of our life, the sanctification journey, is how much of us will we give to the Holy Spirit? Uh, that's a great which way Which is the it. yielding that we yes. see in Romans 5, 6, yes. 7, and 8. Yes. As we yield up our rights, we yield up our desires, we become more filled yes. with the Spirit, it means that we have ceded control Correct. over to Him. Yes, and that, that's a good, good way of putting it. And, and, but here's what I would say. It's not, just, it's not just Pentecostals and Charismatics that kind of use this vernacular, there are different groups within Christianity. Catholics do this. They, they make a class, they make a spiritual class system that says, um, you know, even dispensationalists used to, uh, there, there's a book that was written by, I can't remember what his name was, but uh, he who is spiritual. And um, he, they, they would write, there's the carnal man, and then there's the uh, the spiritual man. And, and, you know, he who is spiritual, that this, these different categories in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And you've, in order to be a spiritual person, you've got to, there's this, again, a dividing line of surrender that you've got to do. So now, do I believe in surrendering the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. But, but I don't believe there's like this moment where it's like before and after. Mm-hmm. Like the baptism of the Holy Spirit like, is this idea of, I've got to yield myself enough in order for the Holy Spirit to come. And after that, I'm, I've had a, I'm in a different plane. 
that's that's really Eastern mystic thinking, if you think about it, that we high, we attain to higher planes. Now, I do believe that that there's a progression of one degree of glory to the next, as it says in Second Corinthians chapter three. I believe that. I fully believe. It. I believe that we are being sanctified, being more conformed to the image of Jesus. But you know, the Catholics do the same thing, where it's like you know. You're working away, but hey, if you become a priest and then become a saint, like like yeah, but they had the problem in the New Testament with the Nicolaitans, hundred uh, percent, which is where we actually get exactly. the term laity. Yeah, you know? yeah. So so this is and and this is always something we need to be aware of. There's nothing new under the sun, mm-hmm. and some of the the errors we see today, they were there from the very beginning. Yes. In yes. whether it's the Gnosticism or the yes. the, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So, so I what I don't. I, I'm not saying that, you, that people can't have life-changing moments with God. It's not what I'm saying, okay? What I am saying is that there's not a class system, that there's not this, you get a bonus or an extra push of the Holy Spirit that you didn't have before. I.e. second blessing. Yes. The second blessing doesn't exist, but there's a lot of Christians that believe it does. And so they're working really hard and they'll hear people say, well, I got the second blessing ever since then. I barely sin. And yeah. and, and it just makes people feel really bad or guilty or- Well, and that's know. where we go off the road with our some of our charismatic friends. And again, saying charismatic or Pentecostal, holy cow, there's is like Baptist. There's 50 different brands yeah, or yeah, 500 yeah. different yeah. brands of them. That's a good point. But, but, but some of them believe that you're not really a believer if you don't have the second blessing. And the second blessing is evidenced by speaking in tongues or, yes. you know, and, some, and there are even, the spirit. And there are even some people, there are even some within that tribe that believe in the second blessing of the baptism that believe that you can get to the point where you're sinless. Mm-hmm. And and so so there's this- Sinless perfectionism. Sinless perfectionism. Um, but I, I think this baptism of the Holy Spirit, please just understand it this way, that- that once you become a believer, really this the, the conviction, the regeneration, at the moment of salvation, regeneration, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. You're indwelt with the Holy Spirit fully. You don't lack any bit of the Holy Spirit. He the he has a hundred percent. He is a hundred percent there, and that and, and he will never leave. And that's the the last work in the last couple of minutes is the sealing of the Holy Spirit. We see this in Ephesians chapter one, verses 13 and 14, that the, the Spirit seals us until guaranteeing our inheritance until the day of, until Jesus comes back. This is, we've talked about this a little bit with eternal security, perseverance of the saints, whatever you want to call it. Um, this work of the, of the Spirit is the work of, you cannot undo what, what the Spirit and what Christ has done. I don't believe people can lose their salvation. I don't believe that once spirit seals someone that that all of a sudden can, you know, be undone because of the, really the, the, the picture of the sealing, I believe that Paul, that picture, there's a lot of different words he could have used to describe the work of the spirit of perseverance. That is a very strong term because it is, it is an impression of, of, insignia that's that cannot be removed nothing no when the authority of the seal of an emperor or king was put on someone no one could change it no matter how powerful of the Medes and the, the Persians. it was yeah. it was done it could never be undone and that's the point is that once the spirit indwells and regenerates and baptizes it can never be undone because of what Christ has done and I think it's important for us to to rest in that so salvation when it happens is the promise that the work of the Spirit will carry you through to the day of Jesus Christ. All right. Well, man, I was hoping to get to the work of the of the Spirit after salvation. We didn't even get to that. We, today. we haven't. I think that's important. And yeah. then, and then I think we we have to discuss 
to some extent the gifts of the yeah, spirit. Yeah, oh, I'm ready for the gifts. I'm I'm rubbing my hands together. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward so, to. Spiritual yeah, so gifts. So now we're going to have another debate episode. Uh, but um, I, I hope you're enjoying uh, these conversations on the Holy Spirit. And and again, you know, it, we're trying to say this every episode. This this is not a graduate level course at your favorite seminary. This is an introduction to. Mm-hmm. There are and if you ever want additional resources, again, we'll be happy to to yeah. give you some suggestions uh, for some reading or for some podcasts yeah. to listen yeah. to or so forth. There's some great Holy Spirit books out there. Yeah, and sure. it, it, it's it's important. And in fact, the Sunday which will be gone by the time we do it, I'm, I'm talking about investing in growth. Yes. Yes. And all yes. of us have a responsibility to invest in our doctrinal growth. 100%. To, to be growing yeah. in the Word. Yeah. So. So as always, thank you so much for listening to us at Life Talks. Please share us with uh, your friends and neighbors and anybody else you think might be interested on your social media feeds. But until next time, as always, thanks for joining us at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.